KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there. From KUT and KUTX Studios. It's morning edition on KUT 90.5. It's morning edition on KUT 90.5. I'm Jennifer Staten. Five. I'm Jennifer Staten. All this week during more All this week during morning edition, we've been hearing stories from KUT series on edition. We've been hearing stories from KUT series on my block, Voices from 12th and Chacon. On my block, Voices from 12th and Chacon. This fall, we're taking a close look at the neighborhood and the changes under... This fall, we're taking a close look at the neighborhood and the changes away there. KUT has rented office space underway there. KUT has rented office space and set up a bureau at that intersection. The concept here is that story ideas will come from the people who live and work there and know the neighborhood best. But even with all this planning, there's an aspect of reporting about 12th and Chacon we cannot ignore. And to talk about that, here's KUT's managing editor, Matt Largy. Hey, Matt. Good morning. Well, we need to make something clear about the reporting staff for this project. Most of the KUT news staff is white, and the diversity of the neighborhood we're reporting on is not reflected in the KUT news staff. The KUT Daily Newsroom has 12 full-time reporters, producers, and editors. And we have one visiting journalist this fall. Uh, two of our news staff members are people of color, and so is our visiting journalist. We have no African-Americans on the news staff right now, and that's obviously something we have to acknowledge and address when we're embarking on a reporting project like this. And before we talk specifically about how KUT is handling this, we wanted to look at how those demographics in general can impact reporting. So you and I talked with Dr. George Sylvie. He teaches journalism at UT Austin, and he researches factors that impact media management and newsroom management. But that's not all he studies. Here's Dr. Sylvie. I also have, um, I guess you might call a side expertise in uh, dealing with diversity and diversity management and um how uh, the media cover uh, people of color and how um, coverage uh, affects communities and and vice versa. That comes from uh, naturally um, just being a person of color myself, but I've also covered um, how uh, community conflicts are dealt with and how the sourcing patterns um, come into play also uh, dealing with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and um, unrest in Ferguson and other places and how the media uh, coverage patterns tend to fall fall out. Sylvie told us he'd characterize coverage of communities of color in Austin as not insensitive, but he says reporters in Austin often fall into a habit he's seen lots of places. The over-reliance on police city council mayor, uh, the standard uh, community spokespeople, the NAACP, you know, the uh, police advisory uh, group. It goes in what we call predictable patterns because um, a lot of it revolves around um, the fact that most uh, reporters doing the reporting are um, 
by by and large, uh, Anglo or or white. And so that prevents them, I think, from getting the toehold, I'll say, in a community of color that they so readily have uh, when they're trying to be objective and trying to get uh, official sources. Because uh, the way journalism is structured and has been traditionally, uh, we rely and to the point of over-rely on official sources because our audiences, being predominantly white, tend to view official sources with more credibility. And George says there's actually more to these coverage patterns. He told us communities of color tend to get covered only in certain unusual situations. When something, when an event erupts, a controversial event, it's an episode. It's not the status quo. It's not the norm. And so uh, journalists sort of uh, figuratively parachute in in a community, and they're not prepared Neither do they have the logistical expertise to uh, obtain what we would prefer they do. In, in other words, uh, alternative sourcing, people, of, regular people of color and people who are not uh, leaders or activists of any kind, who are not readily identified and in most cases, probably not as articulate as the journalists would want them to be. George also made the point that this situation is not unique to newsrooms. Most journalists uh, and most Americans in general do not have experiences with people who are different from them. And that carries on into the newsroom structure. It carries on by the fact that most of their editors are, are white, Anglo, and uh, they don't have the wherewithal, the resources know-how, I'll say, to know how to get into these communities. But George is a journalism teacher. Aren't journalism students taught how to approach and cover and work with a broad range of communities? Well, actually, he says no. Most courses that have a diversity component tend to marginalize or isolate that component. As a result, most journalists professionally grow up without thinking of diversity as an ethical imperative. And so it doesn't become culturally ingrained in the newsroom uh, standard operating procedure. In that respect, it's not that they can't uh, so much as they don't know how, or they don't have the wherewithal to approach a person and establish the basic ingredient in all reporting, which is trust. Trust is earned, and trust cannot be parachuted in even if you have a bureau or a place of business, you still have to show your face in places other than the place of business. And one more point from George about how journalism got to this place. He told us, actually, it comes from a misplaced attempt to be objective. When you're covering those issues and you see so much wrong or so much that uh, you don't normally see in a non um a non-minority context, I'll use that word, it comes across as a problem. It comes across as uh, a victim-infested situation. It comes across as somehow that you might be advocating for them. And that goes against the grain of most journalists, particularly uh, Anglo journalists who were taught that journalism has nothing to do with diversity or diversity has nothing to do with journalism. We have to be accurate, balanced, fair, you know, if I need 
to know how I need to be diverse, I'll ask my editor. <laughs> and the editor doesn't know any more than you do, unfortunately. And nobody sees this as a moral imperative. It's always been seen as, well, you know, it's good business. Uh, yeah, we want to be fair and balanced, but, you know, it's, you know, all the journalism, if it's good journalism, is fair and balanced. No, uh, you have to understand what the points of view you are writing about how they come across. So, Matt, you are KUT's managing editor. You're overseeing this project, making assignments and editing the broadcast and digital content. So how are you addressing this situation? So part of it is in the basic setup of this. We set up a bureau to uh, be in the neighborhood and to you know, make ourselves as much as we can a part of, of life in this neighborhood and to really listen to people and the kind of issues that they want us to cover about their neighborhood. But we're also having to be very conscious of, of how we do that and the lens that we're putting on on our coverage. Um, I wanted to bring up something that happened earlier this week uh, when we started this project, actually. We wrote a headline, and it got a lot of pushback from people uh, online. And in the end, you know, we decided that that pushback was really fair. What was the headline that was getting that kind of attention? So the headline that we initially wrote, it was, it was for the story that kind of opened this uh, this series. Uh, the headline was, we're opening a bureau at what used to be Austin's most notorious drug corner. Here's why. The pushback that we got was that this totally oversimplified the matter, that this didn't reflect uh, the complexities of the neighborhood, that this didn't reflect the fact that in many ways this this is and was a close-knit community and that it reduced it all to just this this drug corner. Ultimately, the, the people who criticized us for that are absolutely right. And I think there's a there's a tendency in journalism and in reporting to simplify things to make them easily digestible for an audience. And sometimes you can take that too far. And I think in that case, we did. And I think that was a great lesson that we learned very early in the project and one that we're going to apply to a lot of the reporting that we do as we go forward. Thanks, Matt. Matt Largy is KUT's managing editor. And we spoke with Dr. George Sylvie, who teaches journalism at UT Austin. KUT will continue reporting stories on the changing 12th and Chacon neighborhood for the rest of the year. You can hear those here on KUT 90.5, and you can read more at onmyblockatx.org. I'm Jennifer Staten, KUT News.